Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffit, along with... Artemis Brower. We're coming to you uh, with our post-game recap of uh, uh, of a game, Artie. Uh, of a football game. If that's what we want to call that. That ECU played their hearts out. Um, they, they played a football game. That's for damn sure. They damn sure did. But uh, it, it seemed like there were forces at B that, that just didn't want to have it out for the, for the Pirates. So, um, we're, we're going to break down ECU Tulsa here, here in, here in this, in this, uh, recap episode, but, um, we really, let's just start off from the start. ECU came out swinging. Yeah. They, that first half was probably the best first half they played all season. Yeah, against a quality opponent that you know this this is a, Tulsa where they sit right now is number one in the American Athletic Conference, so that's the number one team through what five weeks right now in the conference and from until Cincinnati beats Memphis <laughs> and and basically from start to finish we outplayed the best team in the conference. Yeah, I mean, I I, I said it several times on our podcast and on on the Golden Hurricast earlier this week. We believe that Tulsa is a top three team in our conference. Mm-hmm. I think it goes Cincinnati. I think it goes SME. And then I think it goes Tulsa from, I mean, when you look at talent wise and, and I mean, coaching wise too, Philip Montgomery is a, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. And they've got some talented guys. They've got some size. They got some speed on, on both sides of the ball, offense, defense. The only issue they have is, is their, is their special teams. And ECU came out, and punched him in the mouth and was leaving, leading seventeen to three, at the half. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you had some, you had some fumbles, you, you had some turnovers, but at the end of the day, ECU looked damn good, and and did all that while leaving three touchdowns on the board. Oh yeah, they they left at least three touchdowns off off the board with drives that they couldn't exactly finish, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later, but. Um, Still, the offense. I mean, Tulsa had no answer for our offense last night. We moved the ball at will on their offense. They did have that stud DN uh, player. I forget his first name. Number ninety for Tulsa. He was all over the is, field is yesterday. Last name player. Yeah, last name Jackson player. Play, I think it's Jackson. Is it, um, is it Jackson? I, 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 I have no idea what his first name is. I just know he was he was, he was a game the, wrecker. He was in the backfield a lot, quite a night. bit. But outside of him, um, they just had no answer for anybody that we that we that we threw at him. Um, now, like I said, we did have some some drives where we got within the two yard line twice, and we're not able to come away with points. I think we got a field goal on one of those drives, but um, and the one was blocked, obviously. But you know, those kids played their absolute hearts out last night. That was, that was the best game ECU's had all season, bar none. Um, and we didn't come away with a victory. Last night, I I was saying to myself watching that game last night that ECU, I felt like ECU could hang with any team in our conference, and that just goes it goes to show. The strength of the American Athletic Conference, mm-hmm. the the top to bottom, the American Athletic Conference is very competitive. Maybe leaving out USF because they're not competing with anybody right now. Mm-hmm. But top to bottom, you're, you're seeing eleven teams that are going in and fighting week in and week out. Right, and and ECU showed that hey, we're we're one of those teams that can hang with anybody. I mean, they showed it two weeks ago when they played Navy with five starters out. Yeah. I mean, uh, here's Navy, team that's receiving top 25 votes. Tulsa, 
team receiving top 25 votes. These are, to me, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Look, what, look, you know, and, 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 you know, I go had a tweet last night that said, you know, you are what your record says you are, but this, this ECU team is so much better than one and four because we're very easily, we could very easily be sitting at three and two right now. I, I honestly, think we could very easily be sitting at three and two. And it, if we had a better showing in the game at Georgia state, I feel like we could be at four and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the only game we got dominated from start to finish was UCF. And really, in the first half of that game, we hung with them. Yeah. The first half of that game, we <laughs> had we not turned it over three times in, in our own territory mm-hmm. or at the 50, then we could have gone into halftime with a lead. Yeah. Yep. But we didn't because we, I mean, we turned the ball over so much. But I think that there's there hasn't been a game so far this season that ECU couldn't win. No. Well, okay, the 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 I don't think we would have won the Central Florida game regardless. I I do think they're just a better team. They are, but it looks like this year But those other four games that we played after that, yes. The, we absolutely could have won every single one of those games. The, the gap is the gap is closing yes. on UCF from yeah. from our standpoint and the conference as a whole. I mean, Tulsa so we get we lose to UCF by what twenty four points or something like that, mm-hmm. and we lose, and I use quote, air quotation marks, to Tulsa by four. Yeah. I mean, and I I still I don't I mean I don't even have UCF. And in we my played top five at right Tulsa. Now. Remember that we went to Tulsa. It wasn't that like we were at Dowdy. We went to their house and and won that game. I'm not going to say we lost. We won that game last night. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Yeah, I I mean that that's one of those things that. It's a game that you you feel like you should have won, and you, you ECU did win that game. They they won that game. They but made the plays at the end of the game to win the game and ice the game. They won that game. They made several of those plays, and just every single time, man. <laughs> I after after the it, it seemed like every time it. I mean, I was I kept saying I kept seeing the tweets. I think we even tweeted it once. Ball doesn't lie. <laughs> Tulsa would get a call. The very next play, we would make something happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like to see. We would, I mean, we were going out there and we were competing in, <laughs> with our backs against the wall. Yeah. When, a, I mean, it seemed like everything was going against us. And we, we had answers. We had answers for that. For the first time in a long time, you know Tulsa because they had the momentum in that second half very early. I mean they went down the down the field oh, yeah. on the opening drive and scored a touchdown. And then I think we had that uh, that batted interception immediately following that, and they were able to get a, a field goal right after. So I, I think they scored ten points in a matter of four minutes. And the tide of the game could have really swung towards Tulsa. It really could have been a blowout for them had they had they really taken that momentum and, and done something and with it. But we did not allow that to happen. We had an answer for Tulsa every single time. And th- those are games that in the past ECU would have. They would have faded. They would have faded. A- after giving up those t- quick 10 points, mm-hmm. ECU would have been gone. Yep. They, they wouldn't have scored another point until garbage time and been down 20 points. Right. But as I said on the Golden Hurricast earlier this week, Mike Houston, Coach Mike Houston, has – this team mentally built. They are mentally tough. This team can compete with anybody. Yeah. They don't they they don't go into any game thinking that they're going to lose. 
And, and, and like you just said, it's one thing to believe. It's another to know you can win. That's, you know, teams that have belief, you know, every team should have hope and belief. But it's another thing in entirety to say <laughs> we can walk anywhere in our conference, go anywhere in our conference and win that game. We know we have the athletes. We know we have the coaching staff. We know we have the, the game plan to beat anybody in our conference. And that's what I saw last night. It looked like a team that was like, we came here to win. We didn't, we didn't come here to play a good game or just to compete. We came here to win. Yep. So, yeah, I already I, I mean, Rajay Harris had a, another hundred yard game. Holden Aylers threw for over three hundred yards. Yeah, Tyler Sneed with I, I don't even know how many catches. I think I think he had eighteen targets and seventeen receptions. Like, and, and then Holden Aylers, he was like nineteen of twenty one in the first half. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you it, could you couldn't have drawn it up better from from, from an offensive standpoint. It, all, all the receivers did well. Blake Pro was making timely catches on on late downs, too, on third downs. C.J. Johnson was doing his thing. He had that that touchdown in in the back of the end zone that was overturned. Um, that's a that's a tic tac play. But for the most part, he had a phenomenal game. Holton to be able to bounce back. It was his first start in twenty days. Yeah, he was off for twenty days. That layoff for him to come in and go. I think I think he went thirty eight of forty nine for three hundred and thirty yards and and three touchdowns. And then that that one interception that was you know that's that's a and I mean that that one interception that luckily the defense picked him up on that with mm-hmm. holding them to a three and out for a field goal and yep. I mean and I mean it was it was goal goal line territory right the the whole drive so I mean that and 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 make no mistake about it Rajay Harris is a bona fide superstar let's 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 stop pretending let's stop acting Rajay Harris is a superstar as much as I love Darius Penix and I love uh, Keaton Mitchell this is Rajay Harris's team this is Rajay Harris's team he's he's going to get 80 to 90 percent of the of, of the of the snaps at this point because and he's just proven that he's the best guy this, at the running back position this is one of those guys that after four years in a program after he built I mean this guy might rush he he it's early but he could be if he stays three to four years he could be the all-time leading rusher in yeah. ECU history, yeah, and and that's and that's great company. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say this guy, like if if he stays four years, and can produce like he has and stays healthy, mm-hmm. this guy's gonna be a first round pick. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. This, he, 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 what he's showing right now is, is first round talent. This guy, <laughs> no, it's still early and we're yeah. getting a little excited. But what he's showing right now, it is first round talent. The the thing that gets me is, I mean, there was a I think it was a third and ten. The ECU had last night, and they. Uh, I mean, usually that's a that's a play you would pass on. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna pass the ball on, on third and long. Usually on third down, you're gonna pass the ball. Well, there was a two two times. There's a third and ten where I mean, he wasn't moving. Like yeah. he, he was just chopping his feet, chopping his feet, and then boom, and he he hit the hole and scrambled for twelve yards. Yeah, and it was it was like no, and nobody touched him. Mm-hmm. He he was that patient. His patience is the one thing that, like, I, I haven't seen in a freshman running back, yeah, ever, in anywhere. And 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 the offense as a whole. I mean, they had four hundred and fifty six yards of total offense. You can't ask your offense to do much better than that. You know, you know. I, and I know in today's age, we see all these. You know, we see the UCFs and the Memphises and. The Cincinnati's put up five hundred to five hundred and fifty. But this total is also yards. the best defense in our conference. And I was saying they're, they're playing bad defenses. You know, on on top of that, we played a pretty damn good defense last night. Um, now they were missing their star linebacker for a while. Um, 
all-American candidate linebacker. Um, but to put up 456 yards of total offense, I, you cannot ask your offense to do much better. You just can't. Yeah, and then, I mean, the defense. The, uh, the one thing, I, I mean, defense played phenomenal first half. Second half came out, and they were, they were kind of the, – the way that I, I explained it was the first half, they, they looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And Tulsa, Tulsa had, I think, 100 yards, 109 yards in the first half. They looked hunts. flustered. Uh, Zach Smith was, was – he didn't know what to do. We were, we were throwing blitzes and, at him. We were throwing man coverage at him. We, man. we would switch it up. I mean, the, the kind of tempo we were playing on defense, it just completely threw Tulsa's offense off. The, the Tulsa offense, I mean, and Tulsa offense and defense, they just look rattled. I, that's mm-hmm. the, I kept seeing tweets. Tulsa looks rattled. Mm-hmm. I mean, from all around the conference. UCF fans tweeting that. Everybody tweeting – Tulsa looks rattled. And I don't think they expected to get the kind of game that we played yesterday. No. I, 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 I think that they were ready to play. I don't think that they downplayed us, but I don't think that they were expecting us to play that well. I, I just I just don't think their coaching staff or their players thought, okay, ECU is going to come here and put up 30 points and move the ball up and down the field. All this. There's no way they thought that was going to happen. So they, they absolutely looked flustered last night. Yeah, so um, but what I was, what I was going to say was ECU – there, there was really no changes that ECU could have made mm-hmm. at the half. They, they just played that well on defense. Right. That there was really no changes. So coming out of the halftime, Tulsa gets the ball. You're expecting them to have made some adjustments, and and they did, and they did, and they go down. I think it was a five play drive, mm-hmm. seventy five yards, and score mm-hmm. a touchdown very quickly. Within I think it's two and a half minutes. Yep. And at that point, I was like, oh shit! Like, okay, well. Now they're now they're in it. Mm-hmm. How, how do the boys respond? They went down. They got a field goal. Put it back to a ten point, or uh, a six point lead or something. I can't remember. Right. They 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 put it back. So it's seventeen ten. Then it's 20 to ten. Mm-hmm. And then Tulsa. Uh, I mean, they come back and they score another touchdown. And then you have that bad interception. Yeah, because you then ECU there, there's a muffed uh, kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on third down, Hole Naylor's trying to, and it looked like his. It looked like he got his hand hit when, yep. when he threw it. I mean, it. it I don't. That's. It, it was a. It was a bad decision by Aylers, but it also. I mean, there were other things going into that interception. Yeah, not just him throwing it to the other team, like Zach Will. Is it Zach Wilson? Was that the quarterback for Tulsa? He did that. Zach, several Zach Smith. Zach Smith. Yeah. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> but I, I I will say this from from a Tulsa standpoint. Now, like like I said, we won that game, and there were things that happened at the end of the game that that caused us to lose that game. Everybody listening to this knows what happened. But they had two fourth downs on a drive in which they I think they scored that when they scored that opening touchdown in the second half. Um, if we stopped them on one of those fourth downs, I don't think they come back in the game. I, I think no. we we get the ball back in, in you know around the forty or fifty yard line. I think we go down the field and score a touchdown. So I think well, for that those two fourth down conversions that they made in order to get into the end zone, I think that was the story of the second half for them offensively. That, I mean that, that's the thing. I, I can't remember the running back's name. Deneric something. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the running uh, back's name. I, I know it's Deneric. It's Deneric something, but. Um, <laughs> Shows how much research we're doing on, on the podcast. <laughs> um, I, I didn't I didn't care to learn any of the Tulsa guys' names. I mean, to be honest, I, I knew Zaven Collins or, or whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew him because he's an All American talent. But and I, 
I didn't really know anybody else. I didn't think there was anybody else that like really stood stood right. out. Right. And especially after last night, I didn't think anybody did. Mm-hmm. But going back to the guy, the, that those fourth down co- conversions, that those were adjustments because in the first half they weren't running the ball. Mm-hmm. They did not try to run the ball, and so ECU was expecting them to throw the ball on mm-hmm. fourth down. And I mean. Some of those were short, so I don't know why yeah, was, I don't know was, why EC was expecting them to. It was a fourth and two, and then I think it was what a fourth and there was like three a, or fourth and four. I, one, I think one was fourth and five. Okay, I was about to say I, I know they weren't anything more than fourth and five. I and, know that. I mean, ECU had to know that. Okay, they they're going to come out and they're going to. This is what they're going to do because their field goal kicker wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. He can't do it. I know their punter has had some trouble. We talked about it on the podcast earlier this week. Yeah. Um. So that that was one of those things that ECU wasn't prepared for. Yeah. In the second half, they didn't they didn't make that adjustment because they didn't know what to expect after Tulsa made the adjustments. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of those first drives that yeah, like you, you see that. Yeah. You see, I mean that 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 happens in every game. Yeah. So ECU played their hearts out. Um, and I and I do I also I want to shout out two guys on the defense, Xavier Smith. And Jair Wilson. Jair Wilson was an absolute ball hog last night. He had three forced fumbles in the game. Um, the last one of which was the most important didn't go our way. But he was an absolute ball hog. I, I, I don't. I haven't seen an, an, an ECU defensive back play that inspired and play that well in a long time. And then Xavier Smith is by far our best de- defensive player. And the fact um, that the just fact, flying all over the field. The, the fact that Xavier came in as a tight end. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> think about it. Two of our best linebackers in the last five years started as offensive players. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, and I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like Demetrius Mooney try to transition to a uh, D back. Yeah, he's got the speed. He's got the speed, but it, you know he's got and he's got some size on him too. Right? Can he cover though? That's that's I mean, that's that's the most important. You thing. Could have, you could can he him, cover? You can put him in as a middle linebacker. He's big enough. You think Mooney's big enough to be a middle linebacker? I mean, I th- I think strong safety. Okay. I see strong safety. I, I just don't know if he's got the hands to be a safety. Well, yeah. at least at safety, he doesn't have to have the he doesn't have to be have the pressure the, of having yeah. to cover every down because yeah. being a corner is a very hard position to be. Yeah, you especially in today's football. <laughs> what you say, Jared? <laughs> We we got we got to have some laughs here. On I was a free safety podcast. man. I was a free safety. I couldn't I couldn't cover that well. So, and I, all right. So let, let's just let's get into it already. I, I don't want to talk much about it, right? But we got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Last night, the officiating in the ECU Tulsa game was abysmal. It was atrocious. It was embarrassing. It, I, I'm trying to think of other adjectives to use to describe the officiating, but I, I, I can't. It, it was it was an embarrassment it. for the conference. It, it, it was an embarrassment for the on, conference. On, the American Athletic Conference should be ashamed of that game last night, and I was really pissed to see them tweet for Tulsa the way they did. They should have been silent last night, and if anything, they should have made a statement about the officiating in that game and how they're going to go about 
executing, you know, how to how to discipline those referees or whatever they're going to do. But there, there won't be any discipline for those referees. They, they they seem to not care. They seem to get the outcome that they wanted because they need Tulsa to play well and win games in order to get somebody into the playoff. And that's kind of what it seemed like to me last night. But, you know, there were penalties on both sides of the ball, Tulsa and ECU. Some of them, a lot of them were earned penalties. I think yeah. we had 13 in the I, game. I, I no- think they had 14 or, 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 or 13 themselves. It, there was a lot of penalties on both sides, and most of them were earned. I, I had no problems. The only problem I had with any of the penalties was that last pass interference on fourth down. Now, the, the fourth down pass interference doesn't really bother me because he did hook the left he, arm. He did. He but hooked the left arm. I, my problem but was... you don't call that that late in a game and, on fourth down. How, how does... Because that's a tic-tac play. How, how does... What was it? I think it was the back judge... Yes. ...that called that? Mm-hmm. And he threw it from 30 yards away? Right. How do you... How does that guy make that call? When you have one of the... When you have one of the side judges... It should have been a side judge to make that play. When you have the side judge that's right there. Mm-hmm. How does... How does he not make that play... But the guy thirty yards back makes that makes right. that call. So and uh, that, but, but like I said, it's not like we were innocent on that play. So that's no, why I don't mind it. I, I don't mind it, but it's one of those things where you let them play, let the boys play. Ball doesn't lie, and the, and ECU showed that the yeah. very next play is where the fumble happened. And and <laughs> they 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 proved to me last night that a fumble is not a fumble unless you want it to be a fumble. The the problem. The problem with the fumble and the whole regaining possession thing for me is if it takes making a football move to gain possession of a catch, why, why when you fumble the ball does it not take a football move to regain possession but of a fumble? Here's the thing. He, he, he clearly lost the ball yeah. while still up. Yeah. None of his body was on the ground. Exactly. The ball was coming out, and the ball was 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 he was fumbling the ball as he went down yep. to the ground. He never regained possession. He the ball was moving the entire time, from the time it started to get stripped out of his hand, and then he was trying to regain, trying to regain, trying to regain. He's down, never regained. Fumble. I, I don't. I I just don't understand. It was called a fumble on the field, and so what kind of video evidence did you see? To reverse the call on the field, he clearly never regained possession of the football. Ever. There was never a clear sign. It was like, oh, yeah, he's got it. He's clearly got that football regained. That did not happen. I do not understand how the referees could go look at that instant replay and say, yep, he regained the football. Um, what was it? Was first down, Tulsa, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That that's 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 one of the worst calls I've ever seen in any officiating in any game in my lifetime. And then <laughs> after that, we've got a, a a fourth down play. Can I, can I say something about about this this incomplete pass you're about to talk about? Yeah, go ahead. So I'm sitting here. Artie and I are recording at my house right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the same room, Artie. I'm watching that TV that's sitting sitting right behind you mm-hmm. for for the people that can see this because nobody can see this it's all audio um i'm watching it and when i watching it live before they even call before there was a call on the play Mm -hmm. i said that ball hit the ground no i I thought it was good live watching it live i was like ah shit he he made that catch watching it live i was like i knew for a fact i I was like i saw the ball bounce Mm -hmm. i was like that ball hit the ground and then they were like complete a pass i was like what the hell y'all what the fuck y'all talking about? And and for our defense to be able to rally after that bogus fumble call, bullshit, and be able to force them into a Complete fourth down, bullshit, 
And again, on instant replay. Now this this one is a lot closer than the fumble. The fumble is egregious. Yeah, that's just bullshit. But but the but the catch is a little bit closer because he did have it caressed in between his arms, and he was trying to gain possession of the football. But it dragged the ground. It didn't just hit the ground. It dragged on the ground, and the ground helped him make the catch. The ground cannot help you make a catch. If the ground helps you make the catch, that's an incomplete pass. Period. <laughs> the ground can't help you make the catch. Right. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I, um, and that was fourth down. The game was over. Yeah. The game was absolutely over. The game was over three times last night and three times ECU would have won the game had the officiating crew pulled their heads out of their asses for two seconds and made the right call. And I was beginning to believe that Stevie wonder was the guy up in the replay booth. <laughs> Uh, how the hell, how the hell do you overturn that fumble? How the hell do you over? And then the problem with the I don't the the incomplete pass that was closer. I'll give them that. That was closer. That, that was that was close. But, even, even though I believe it was an incomplete pass, we all believe it was an incomplete pass. That was close. But my thing is, how the fuck do you confirm that? Yeah. How? Give me a fucking explanation. Excuse my language, but give me an explanation. You can't. It's bullshit. And I'm 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 tired of I'm tired of talking about it. And I I went to bed last night and I laid there for an hour and a half trying to figure out why the American Athletic Conference would bend us over, no lube, and screw us like that. I haven't seen and I and I tweeted this out earlier. I haven't seen a screw job perform that well. Since the Montreal screw job of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. Like, I just, that Shout was. Shout out Vince McMahon. You <laughs> Shout out Vince McMahon. That, that was just payback. It, look, I, I, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll leave it at this. The American Athletic Conference wanted a certain outcome from that game last they did. night. And, and they got the outcome they that, wanted. That's the only explanation. They got to, the outcome they wanted. To go to an instant replay, to go to, to the replay booth twice on a. On game-ending plays, and call them in such a manner that it completely screws the team that you do not want to win because you don't want one of your golden children right now to get beat by little old ECU East mm-hmm. Carolina University. You don't want them to lose to them because ECU is one in one in three going into that game. Right. You don't want them to lose because that's going to hurt your rankings. Exactly. I get it. It's a bad I get look it. for the conference. I get it. I get it, okay? I get it. Trust me. We understand. That's what I talk about. Stacking the stacking the ballots for for getting those votes for the top 25 to boost mm-hmm. your power rankings, boost your strength of schedule. I get it. Yeah, because because Cincinnati You don't, you don't oh, have to ahead. explain anything to me. I get it. The problem I have is at some point, ball don't lie. ECU won that fucking game last night. That they did. And look, Cincinnati has the best shot of making the playoff. Yeah, and the do. American knows that in order for Cincinnati to get in, they can't just go undefeated and they can't just win the American Athletic Conference. They've got to have three other teams, at least three other teams in the American ranked at the end to put them in the conversation for the playoff. And had Tulsa lost last night, 
that would have eliminated one of those three, and you probably only would have had one or two teams along with Cincinnati in the top 25. Now they can still have their their three to four teams in the top 25 and maybe get a Cincinnati in. I know exactly what happened last night. They wanted a certain outcome, and they got the outcome they wanted. They screwed ECU out of a victory. Yep. And, hey, I I tried emailing somebody from the conference, Artie. I tried emailing some, and we're friends of the conference. Mike Oresco, friend of the podcast. Absolutely, big fan of Mike Oresco. If you want to come, if somebody wants to come on the podcast and try to explain those three calls to me in a way that <laughs> makes sense, because it, none it's, of it's them never going to make sense. If if somebody from the conference wants to come on here and explain it to us, well, I'll, I'll schedule you anytime, anytime. You you email us at. Boneyardpod at gmail.com, any of us, any of you can email us, say, hey, let's let's set up a time to talk. We'll record. I'll send you a Zoom link. You'll record with us, and we'll we'll ask you those questions. Why the hell was this called this way? Why was this overturned? Why wasn't this overturned? And is Stevie Wonder really in the replay booth? <laughs> Look, man. I- if that's not a fumble, I don't know what the hell is it. There's no such thing as a fumble if that's not a fumble. Artie, I... There's no such thing as a fumble. I, I think... If that's not a fumble. I'm done talking about it. I want I want to go ahead and send this... Let's send it over real quick to Coach Houston's press conference. This, guys, I sat in on the press conference through Zoom last night. And I've got to say that... We we, we said that this press conference, no matter what, is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was one of those ones where usually you have, you usually have two or three players that come in mm-hmm. and talk yesterday. He had none. It was just Mike Houston. Yeah. No, those, you, you can't, you can't, the, yeah. You, you can't, can't ask any of those kids to go up there and try to talk after, no. after that kind of a game. But they, they did, they did talk. They went to Twitter. Yeah. You, Xavier Smith, Holden Aylers, Rajay Harris, uh, John Young punter. Mm-hmm. I think Blake Prohl also tweeted. Uh, all a lot of them went to Twitter. If you want to see what they have to say, go there. Go there, because they'll tell you they're mine. And if there was one thing I got from last night, ECU's back, baby. ECU has turned the corner, and they're they're back. Mm-hmm. They got that dog mentality now, that chip on their shoulder now, and Tulane. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Tulane is going to get the full weight of a very frustrated, pissed off, and angry East Carolina football team. They, te- Tulane's going to have to play the best football they've played all year. This team <laughs> going into next week is going to be mad, and it's not. They're not mad that they screwed up. They didn't screw up. They played the best game they played all year. They're mad that they got screwed royally mm-hmm. by the officiating staff. And they're mad that nobody's going to be held accountable. And they're mad that they did everything they could to win that ball game, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And Coach Houston talks about that in their in their press conference, in his press conference. Mm-hmm. So let's send it over to Coach Houston real quick. Um, he, he talks for about nine minutes. Um, it, it 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 was it was heavy listening to it. Yeah. So here here's Coach Houston. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks, guys. It looks like coach is coming in. Guys, I don't have much to say. The kids played their butts off. We should be sitting here singing a fight song right now. Okay. Coach, I know you can't talk about officiating, but the reviews in that last drive, both of them are very close. I mean, how close was it from your angle? Well, I mean, you know, the pass interference call is a judgment call, fourth down. So, obviously, there must have been something there for them to call it on. You know, you, you usually don't see that call on a fourth down. Uh, so, it must have been pretty blatant uh, for them to throw a flag right there. Um, the fumble that was ruled a fumble on the field, um, it must have been very obvious because usually you would not overturn that on a fourth – or, excuse me, on a late in a ball game like that, you would not overturn it unless it was just – you know, obvious uh, that the, the arm was down before it came out. Um, the last pass, I mean, the, the video that they showed on the Jumbotron shows the ball bouncing. You could clearly see it hit the ground before um, or even as he was making the catch. I mean, it, the ball's on the ground, so I just I don't understand how it got, uh, how it got ruled a catch. I mean, I just, I'm not the replay official, but I just know what I saw on the Jumbotron. On the video, we all saw it. Uh, as coaches, we were talking about how much time we had left and how we were going to kill the clock. Um, our kids are absolutely devastated. Coach, when you look at that defensive effort in the first half, I mean, those guys were flying around, weren't they? I mean, the effort all ball game by everybody. I mean, you go on the road against a team of that caliber and play, you know, play the way you did and you outplay them the way you did. And I know you had some great individual effort. Uh, Holton throws for over 300. Rajay was – he's a great freshman running back. Yeah. They don't really care right now. Thanks, Coach. Okay, we'll open it up to questions for Coach. Coach, it looked like uh, some opportunities were uh, kind of squandered early in the ball game uh, to score a few uh, touchdowns that might have made a difference. Um, nevertheless, they scored – on a number of occasions, and they continue to improve offensively. Talk about the first half, uh, how that went, and and what's your opinion of how things went there? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, playing on the road against a quality defense, uh, you know, we had we had some struggles there early, um, but still was playing well. You know, we were able to get the lead there out of the gate, um, and we we're playing well enough defensively to you know to overcome uh, some of the early. Struggles and our offense did a great job there in the second quarter of getting us a good solid lead at the half. So, um, you know, I just you know, in the second half I thought we played very, very well. Coach, I had a question as far as the uh, touchdown 
that was called or their pass was called incomplete with CJ in the third quarter. It looked like his left foot was down. I want to get your thoughts on that. They told me that he got his toe down, but his heel came down um, out of bounds, and it had to be one continuous action. Uh, therefore, it was an incomplete pass. Coach, what what is the going forward in this week when y'all relook at the film and kind of see these replays? Is there a review process that you guys will send them in to the American? Yeah, we can send any 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 calls we want uh, take them to take a look at. Uh, we can send it in. I mean, it's not going to do any. I mean, it doesn't get you the win back. That's the that's the tough thing. It does not get you the win back. But that's you know we'll obviously send in the calls we think uh, you know, need to be looked at. Coach, you're so close to turning the current corner here. You can almost taste it. What was your message? What did you say to your team after this game here tonight? I mean, how, how do you talk to them after that? I mean, I just I don't, I, I've I've coached almost 200 ball games as a head coach in my life, and and 100 plus at the college level, and I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Um. I mean, you look at – we dominated the time of possession. They were 3 of 14 on third down. You know, we just two, – two, two turnovers there in the first half hurt us. We were able to overcome those. Our kids just kept on playing. They kept on coming back. You know, they kept believing. They kept fighting. It's just, you know, when I sit there and I preach to them every day, if you do right consistently day in and day out, good things are going to happen to you. And then and they're kind of looking at me sideways a little bit right now because they did the things they had to do to win the ball game. Coach Jaira Wilson had a phenomenal game, a couple sacks, four fumbles. Can you just speak to how well he played? I mean, I think Jaira's worked so hard to improve himself, and he's he's developing into one of the better players I think in this league. And you know, obviously, was a huge impact tonight. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that just. He has very high expectations for himself, and, and he'll continue to push himself to get better every week. Coach, how impressive do you think it was for Holton uh, to, to come back, especially play well early? In the first half, I think he was 18 of 20 or 19 of 21 passing in the first half, and that seemed to kind of set the tone a little bit, I thought, for the whole team. I mean, it, just how maybe important was that for y'all to get it off to early lead? No, I think it was critical, and obviously, you know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised by it. I mean, I, I just – I thought Holton was very sharp all week, and I think he's a good player. So, you know, it does, doesn't surprise me he had that kind of first half, and it doesn't surprise me he had the kind of game he had. Coach, talk about the uh, fourth down play. Uh, you took the lead. You ran Johnson. looked like a little slant action, and then uh, – Raji came open underneath. Yeah, it's a, it's, you know, we, we had a handful of plays for that situation right there. Um, and that was one that uh, Coach Kirkpatrick and him worked on all week. And, you know, pre-snap the look was there. So we felt like uh, as long as we executed well, uh, and Holt made a very good throw, and Rajay was right there to make the, make the catch. So, it was, you know, big play gave us the lead. Um, Can you talk about maybe, obviously, you got time maybe if you kick a field goal and get a stop to kick a, another field goal for the lead, but 
you went for it and went for the lead. I just felt like in that situation right there, we couldn't kick a field goal. We had to, we had to, we had to take the lead and we had to go for it. So uh, from about the 30 yard line in, we were in four down mode. Coach, is this the toughest loss you've had in your coaching career? It's one I sure don't understand. I just, I just don't know. I don't know what to say to my kids right now. And I've never, I've never had that happen. Coach, this is a, uh, it's much like what Tulsa's year went like last year. And I know this is not the way you wanted things to go right now, but this team continues to get better, very entertaining on television. And uh, I think every, the nation saw how much improved this ball club is. Um, it's got to be pointing to, you know, better times ahead. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been saying it all along, that the, the, the improvement's there, but it's going to happen. As long as these kids stick together and keep – keep fighting for each other, it's going to happen. And I, I'm, I'm tired of saying that, though. We're all ready to celebrate. We're ready to get, get over the hump. We talked about it uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Coach, will you contact the league? What, what do you have at your disposal right now? Will you contact the league? Our athletic director is contacting the league right now. Okay, one more question for Coach. Coach, how do you expect that to turn out now that you're contacting the league right now? You can't go back. You got to move forward. We got to get ready for Tulane. That's 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 why you have instant replay. Okay. We got to get ready for Tulane. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, Malcolm. Once again, that was Coach Houston's press conference after EC's loss at Tulsa. Loss in quotation marks, air quotation marks. Um, because that wasn't a loss. That was a hit job on the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> Of the, the calculated Amer hit, yeah. Of the American Athletic Conference. So, ECU fans, what can we do? Get behind this team. I know a lot of you have been. You've been behind this team all year. Some of you more than others. But get behind this team right now. Mm -hmm. Rally. Be the rallying cry. We're in this together. It's us against the conference. It's us against everybody else. That's how it always is. When it comes down to ECU-UNC, ECU-NC State, it's us versus the world. They don't want us to succeed. Nobody wants us to succeed. We want us to succeed, and we're going to succeed because that's what Pirates do. That's what we've done. That's what we've done when, we, when we've been successful. Scotty Montgomery didn't know how to succeed, he, that, and that's why we didn't succeed. Coach Houston has been successful. He's a true winner, and he's been that way everywhere he's gone. Mm -hmm. And he's built that mentality into this team right now. This team, the culture in that locker room, is the strongest culture I've ever seen. 
even bef- even when Coach Ruff was here. That team is mentally tough. I don't I don't remember seeing that four years, five years ago. I mean, yeah, it, under 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 Coach Mo, we never had a team with that dog mentality. We never had a team that believed and had the will to just go out there and fight it all at all costs. This team wants to fight. They want to scratch. They want to claw. They want to grind. They have that dog mentality. They love their coach. They want to win for their coach. They want to win for their university. If there's ever a time to stand behind and get behind your Pirates, this is the time because they need you. And like like Jared said earlier, Tulane, I'm so sorry. I think you're a great university. But I, I, I think ECU is going to come out this week and really show the world just how well prepared we are, just how much we want to win right now how much we're trying to turn the corner right now and turn the culture around right now. Um, and I think that's going to start coming up this week with Tulane. I know we're 1-4. and four, um, but We're the best damn 1-4 and four team in the country. This is the scariest 1-4 and four team that you'll ever want to see. And, and, and that's all I'll say about it. You do not want to play this 1-4 football club. Nope. So, Artie, with that, I say uh, it's time to start wrapping it up. Mm-hmm. Um, ECU got screwed. They uh they should have won that ball game, they didn't. But as we move forward, you, Coach Houston said it best. Now I'm worried about Tulane. Yep, it's on a Tulane. You, this, so you listen. I, I want everybody uh, and I, if you're listening to this podcast. You've already listened to it. I hope you listen to it today, and you don't listen to it tomorrow. Twenty four hour rule is in effect yep. right now. You have today, Halloween. October 31st, 2020, year of our Lord, to sit there and be mad about it. Be mad today. And then go out tomorrow and prepare. All right? Because we're pirates. We're back, baby. We're oh, we back. Co- we're coming for you. And anybody that tries to stop us will give you no quarter. I guarantee it. Ooh, I like that. I guarantee it. All right? So, Pirate Nation, stay with us. Trust the process, because this process is going in the right direction. Okay? Trust me on that. We've said it from the get-go this season. ECU is in the, headed in the right direction. It might not show in the record books, but we are. Mm-hmm. So, Artie, I say let's go get ready for Tulane. Let's do it. Let's whoop that green wave ass. Absolutely. And, and go get a dub. We'll see you later on this week, Part Nation. Deuce.